Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome, everybody, to worship here on the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany. For those who are worshiping online or listening on the radio on KFUO, you may go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there, uh, if you would click on the Resources tab, you will find a bulletin so you can follow along with the service today, or you can give your offering to the Lord using the Give tab. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a, a few minutes, uh, a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship today. Starting on Sunday, February 4th, we will be starting a new Bible class called The Christian Response to Racism. That class will be led by Pastor Glenn and we'll meet together upstairs here in room A. If you are interested in coming, we would ask if you could please sign up at the Welcome Center. There's more information about that class in the Chapel Weekly today. That starts Sunday, February 4th, 9.45 in room A. On Sunday, February 11th, Chapel will be hosting our annual marriage anniversary celebration. It'll be right here in the sanctuary at 12.30 p.m. We invite all married couples and their families to come and renew their vows and celebrate the gift of marriage that God has given. We will uh, 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 um, highlight some special milestone anniversaries and uh, enjoy a few snacks afterwards. And if you've got a special wedding photo, we ask you to bring that, and we'll have a table to display those pictures in the commons area. Please sign up at the Welcome Center so we can plan for the food. Again, that's Sunday, February 11th at 1230. Perhaps you've seen the collection box in the Commons area for Operation Christmas Child. This year we are collecting various items to pack into shoe boxes that, to be distributed to children and their families in need around the world. Uh, each month we focus on a, a certain needed item. This month in January we're collecting hats and scarves and gloves. Uh, you may place your donations in the collection box in the Commons area. There's some more information about that in your weekly. The Missouri District Youth Gathering will be held on April 5th through 7th this year at Cross Point Retreat Center in Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, that'll, that's for youth between grades 6 through 12. Registration is required for that, and youth desiring to attend must, must contact Vicar Brett by February 11th. So uh, please contact Vicar Brett for further details and registration information. Again, youth gathering April 5th to 7th, and the the deadline for registration is February 11th. The February Walking Together in the Word devotional is printed, and that's available for you at the Welcome Center. You can pick up a copy and, and take that for your daily devotion use at home for this upcoming month. And uh, also please note, there's a table near the office area that also has samples of various devotional materials. So we ask you to take a look at those materials on the table for a resource that perhaps you could use for your devotional time as well with Jesus. If, if you see something you like, you can contact me or my wife or the church office to find out how you can purchase a copy for yourself. Our elder this week, this weekend, is Craig Schlickman. Craig is standing in the corner there. He's going to greet you at the door as you leave today. Get to know Craig as one of your elders here at chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. be with you. Let us pray. Lord of all, in wisdom you order all things mightily and tenderly. Your word brings order out of chaos, light out of darkness, and life out of death. Move us to submit to your rule so that by your grace we may become instruments of order, light, and life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading comes from the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy. 
The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, must be put to death. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the eighth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now about food sacrifice to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to idols, idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the ex exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have this knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. This is the word of the Lord. There is a light 
that overwhelms the darkness. There is a kingdom that forever reigns. There is freedom from the chains that bind us. Jesus, Jesus, who walks on the waters, who speaks to the sea, who stands in the fire beside me. He rose like a lion, he bled as the lamb, he carried my healing in his hand. Jesus. There is a name I call in times of trouble. There is a song that comforts in the night. There is a storm that rages, Jesus, Jesus, who walks on the waters, who speaks to the sea, who stands in the fire beside me. He roars like a lion, he's We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. And the evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn together. Father, and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's message comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, and it reveals to us how Jesus was first received by the people of Galilee. In Jesus' ministry, he spoke with such authority 
that it left those who heard his message in amazement, but it also caused those with unclean spirits to reveal themselves and challenge him by trying to reveal him as a destroyer, not as a savior of the people. Therefore, Mark focuses on this and on the authority of Jesus Christ first, who has come as that Savior, and then how his actions and how his responses support his authority, which in return brings comfort to the hearts of the people by giving them hope as the true meaning of the word of God is revealed to them. So what made Jesus' teaching more authoritative compared to other rabbis that people were accustomed to hearing? Well, first off, which is obvious to us now, but probably not as obvious to the Jewish people of the day, is that Jesus is the Son of God. Knowing this, you would expect that his teaching and that his authority would far exceed the teachings of others. Jesus knows the whole will of God from eternity. He speaks with authority because he is the authority from which all creation was made. He knows how Old Testament promises will be fulfilled because our Almighty Father sent Jesus, His only begotten Son, to deliver that message personally. Secondly, Jesus never spoke like other teachers who used prophetic formulas like, thus says the Lord, because Jesus is the Lord. Did this mean that the scribes or teachers of the law did not have authority? No, but they abused the authority given to them, and they gave little to nothing for the souls of the people. The scribes or teachers of the law were only experts in interpretation, application of Jewish laws under the traditions that they received from the elders. They lost sight. They lost sight of how salvation is gained, which is only, only by the grace of God. Instead, they served traditions and imposed new rules and regulations to guarantee them that salvation. Look, they might say, if God sees how perfectly we are and uphold the law, then he has no excuse to withhold salvation from us. We can prove by our works, by our traditions, that it makes us righteous people before him and saves us from his wrath. But oh, how wrong they were. Where is the faith? And where is the believing that leads to those works? Traditions are not a bad thing. They are useful for teaching and uniformity. However, if one gets too caught up in human traditions by imposing self-righteousness which is what we call it, over God's works, 
then they have missed the true meaning of Scripture. They have made an idol out of traditional things and have still yet broken God's law. One can only become righteous and saved by God, by God's grace and through faith in Jesus Christ. It is on account of Jesus' authority and by his actions that you are saved, made heirs, and avoid the wrath of God. God's law is good. It is the way that he wants you to live, and you are required to follow it. But the law is given to us and to, to show us and to guide us to Christ, whose authority shows us a need for a Savior. Now, the people of Galilee were in a miserable and depressed spiritual state. They were a people who suffered with both political and spiritual oppression. The Roman government forced colonization, imposed unbearable taxes, and promoted all sorts of evil and immoral activity. At the same time, spiritual advisors neglected to teach them the word of God faithfully. And the Jewish people were troubled and left without hope because they were unable to fulfill the law, unable to fulfill traditions. They were unable to fill both of them perfectly. Communities struggled, struggled to survive. Residents had to move to find work to support their families and meet the demands of these governing authorities. The people suffered with poverty, illnesses, spiritual welfare, and so, so much more. And as our reading tells us, there were even people who were found to be demonically possessed. Satan enjoys this. He loves to find people's weaknesses and play head games to get you to doubt everything, and he is good at it. Anything that he can do to drag you further away from God, he is going to do it. In fact, one of Satan's greatest deceptions is getting the world to believe that he is not doing it at all. And that God does not exist. Look at the world today. Is that not the reality that the world is trying to create for us? Are our lives much different than those who lived in the days of Jesus? We are still in danger. We have the same types of governments Churches changing beliefs to accommodate sinful desires. Communities struggling. Poverty. Illnesses. Unimaginable and still immoral activities going on day to day. The common person struggles. 
struggles to keep track of what is politically correct or what is morally right from wrong. And when it comes, when it comes to the authorities, it seems that no one respects it anymore unless it is their own authority. Authority in a person's life can be a number of things. Sports, celebrities, wealth, even sexual orientation, political parties, and so on. And boy, howdy, if your authority does not line up with that person's authority, then there is a very, very big problem. Anytime there is something about to happen, there is a phone up in your face recording your every move in order to destroy your reputation or maliciously make fun of you somehow or to make you look like an incompetent human being. And guess what? People enjoy it. They eat it up. They love it. TV stations and the internet cater to all of it because sex sells, violence sells, and defying authority sells. And Christians, Christians are partaking and falling victim to it as well. And Satan, Satan just sits back and laughs has a big smile on his face, thinking that he has won. We sometimes forget that the threat of eternal death is real, that the threat of eternal separation from God is real. And if you, if you are allowing or participating in these things, then this reality for you is going to be real. Now, God is a person of action. We might not understand why God allows these things to happen the way that they do, why he just does not remove the temptation from our lives, or why he just doesn't put an end to it all. But we are to trust in him have confidence in him, and hold on to his promises that are to give us cheerful hearts and hope as he guides us through it all. Now listen how Mark illustrates Jesus' authority in the lives of his people in today's reading. He says, Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, walks into the synagogue at Capernaum, a church. The people heard him speak, and they were astonished, amazed at what he had to say by what he was teaching. No one, no one has ever talked to them like that before. In divine authority, Jesus taught them the true meaning of the scripture, scriptures, and he gave them hope. But a demon, a demon immediately appears to defy authority. He appears to him crying out in a loud voice, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? 
I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be silent, Jesus said. Come out of him, he said. What the demon expected did not happen. He wanted to harm Jesus' reputation. Have everyone view him as that destroyer of the people. But Jesus did not come to judge, but to save us. Jesus did not destroy, but remove that tormenting demon from that person's body. Satan launched an attack, but Jesus prevailed against him. Satan unwittingly gave proof of Jesus' authority, his purpose of being there. This is not what Satan was expecting, nor anyone else that day. But everyone, everyone in the synagogue did see it. They saw the power of Jesus, and they were amazed. Look at him. There is hope. Even the unclean spirits obey him, they said. Does that not that give you hope for your lives today? Do you know and have confidence in the authority that reigns in your life? Jesus comes to all of us still today speaking and teaching with authority. He walks into our churches. He walks with us daily. He even calls out to us when we are found in a miserable state of spiritual distress and says, be silent and come out of them. And sometimes, sometimes that is exactly what we need to hear. And that's what a fallen world needs to hear because through daily repentance, Jesus can remove, Jesus pulls the sin from our lives and makes us clean with forgiveness. Jesus is clearly that man of action, and it has saved us by his authority. His authority in our lives fights against the brutal attacks of a fallen world. He fights for us when no one else will. When we are weak, he is strong. Jesus gives you, gives you the strength, gives you the power to repent, to turn from your sinful and wicked ways by becoming renewed, restored, a new creation where you will not face eternal death, but have life in God's glorious kingdom. As the Holy One of God, He came and lived that sinless life for you, for all sinners. Jesus called to you and made you His disciple and has taught you taught you how to believe God's word correctly, taught you about the work of God's saving grace, and gives you the authority to do so as well. Yes, 
you have authority to proclaim the mighty name of Jesus who stripped Satan and his demons of power to control the souls of people. There are many things, many things in this world that are out of your control, out of all of our control, but God does not allow this to rob you of the continuing blessings that you have and are offered in Christ and in his words. That word brings life, a life that never ends, a life that is found in the authority of Jesus. His life-saving actions on the cross by his own body and blood has given you the forgiveness of sins and it gives the forgiveness of sins to all people who have faith, faith in him. This is the hope, the hope that we need. It is the hope that we live in. It gives us comfort. It gives us cheerful hearts. And it gives us the assurance that the doors of heaven are open for all sinners. It is the very motivation that we need to stand up against the fallen world and spread the gospel no matter where God has placed us. And no matter how hard Satan tries to attack us. Because it is by Jesus' authority that you are protected. It is by Jesus' authority that you have been strengthened. And it is by Jesus' authority that you are made clean. Made who you are today. Jesus in all of his authority has gone before you and conquered, conquered the fear of death and by his resurrection has cleared the way for you and for all sinners, for all people to live peaceably with one another as you wait, as you wait to be called home. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me as we confess our faith to the authority that reigns in our life by the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. 
and I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, help us confront the evil within us and the evil all around us with your powerful word of truth that we may be set free to serve you alone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, grant us the aid of the Holy Spirit to know Jesus Christ, to keep and grow in the faith, and to live our lives the way that you have called us to live them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, to all your people, give your heavenly grace, especially to those who serve in this congregation and in the church at large. Bless our lay leaders, teachers, musicians, missionaries, directors of Christian education, deaconesses, and all others who work to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blessing that they are to you and to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, as National Lutheran Schools Week comes to an end, we thank you for the great blessing that Lutheran schools are. We ask that you continue to bless all Lutheran schools, their teachers, their administrators, and their students, but especially those schools that are partners in ministry with Chapel of the Cross, including Grace Chapel Lutheran School, Emmanuel Lutheran School, Salem Lutheran School, Lutheran North Middle and High School, our Lutheran colleges and universities, and Concordia Seminary. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, be with all who are unemployed or underemployed. Keep them in your care and help them to trust in you even during these difficult times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as Jesus once showed concern for those in need, hear us today as we pray for healing for the sick, relief for the suffering, and peace for the dying. Comfort and encourage with your ever-abiding presence those who are hospitalized and others who are suffering through illness or infirmity, including Irene Chase, Clyde Dempsey, Audrey Lutke, Jill Seibert, and Jasmine Butler-Williams. We pray, Lord, that you would grant the healing to them and all who are sick or infirm, according to your good and gracious will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those who celebrate special gifts of your grace, especially Manfred and Roberta Loesch, who give thanks to you for 49 years of marriage. Butch and Linda Taylor, who are celebrating 52 years of marriage. And Bill and Grace Green, who are celebrating 63 years of marriage. Continue to bless them all, gracious God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
Please stand as together we sing our offertory. be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lived among us as a human being and revealed his glory as your only Son, full of grace and truth. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and the source of all goodness, when loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and our minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as together we sing our recessional hymn, Jesus Has Come and Brings Pleasure. Mm -hmm.